0: Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. I am overjoyed to have on the phone with me right now, Jimmy Davidson. Jimmy and I go back to the Late 1990s, when I was pastoring in Northeast Tennessee and we met and became friends. And he was such an encouragement to me when my wife and I made the move to Northeast Florida to plant a church. Jimmy, at that time, was the founder and pastor of Highlands Fellowship in Abingdon, Virginia. He also was the, or became the founder of G3, which is a ministry in which they bring in leaders from all over the world to Southwest Virginia for 11 to 12 days of training and equipping to help send them out. G3 stands for Global Glory of God. After he was the pastor of Highlands Fellowship, he was called then by the Lord and invited by Pastor Rick Warren to come join the staff at Saddleback Church in Lake Forest, California where he served for a few years, helping Rick launch their global church planting initiative. At that point, he transitioned from Saddleback to denominational church planting leadership, and he is now serving as the lead church planting catalyst for the SEND network in California. And he's also the founder and leader of the Brooks Church. So as you can see, he's done a lot in terms of advancing the kingdom of God here on earth and seeking to bring glory to Jesus by helping start churches. Most importantly. He is a family man, and he and Lori have been married for almost four decades now. They have two grown daughters, Ashlyn and Amy, who are both serving the Lord today as well. Jimmy, welcome to Sound of Truth Podcast. It's great to have you on here, my friend.
1: Brett, it's so cool, dude, to connect with you and uh, to reminisce a little bit and just to stay connected, man. It's, it's a huge honor that you've invited
0: well, Jimmy, I'm so excited you've agreed to come on this podcast and share your story. And, and let's just do that. let us I want to just go ahead and ha- hand the microphone over to you and ask you to tell us your testimony.
1: Well, thanks for inviting me on, Brett. It's so good to connect with you again today, and I'll always learn from you as well. Uh, incredible story. You know, all of our stories are so unique, how Christ found us and uh, how we came to know him and as uh, he's you know, working in everybody's life. I mean, it's his desire that people would come to know him and follow him. And for me, my mom, you know, became a Christian. Her mom was taking her to church when she was a very small girl and as a teenager came to Christ. And then, of course, my mom and dad married. My dad became a state trooper in Virginia. So that placed us in this town uh, called Abingdon, Virginia. And while we were there, uh, the local pastor and another man from the church came and visited our home. We're new in the community. I'll never forget, I'm about six years old, in our living room, this big, tall, six foot four, you know, balding on top, is sharing with my dad the gospel. I had no idea what was going on, but he was talking to my dad and my mom uh, with this man, and my dad prayed in our living room to receive Christ. So even though I didn't know what had happened, I knew something had changed. And I had the best mom and dad. I mean, it's not like we had all these issues going on in our house. Great mom and dad. Something changed, and I had no clue what it was. We started going to that local church a couple of miles away. One of my first memories is we would sit like on the first, fourth, or fifth row of the church, and they would ask people to stand up and pick this book up out of the pew and turn, you know, to a certain number, and then everybody would start singing. Brett, I thought, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Like, why are these strangers standing up singing? This is so weird. Mm. But at the same time, I felt this enormous love. Like, I'd, I'd actually look around at these people. You know, this little country church was packed. And I'd look around and think, okay, it's weird. But I feel like these people love us. They don't even know who we are. So I didn't realize at the time that was the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And working those people present, it's like God's word says, when you gather with God's people, small or large, that the manifold wisdom of God is made known when we gather. Like problems are solved and solutions are given in God's word, you know. So I, I get invited to this thing called R.A. Uh, rural Ambassadors. I'm, you know, I didn't even realize that I began to be discipled by this guy by the name of Lonnie Crane, who was in his early twenties. And, you know, when my friend invited me at school, you know, I said, no, you know, I, like I'm in Cub Scouts. Like I don't want to go to church. You know, that's going to be boring. And he said, well, we're playing softball and we're going on hikes and we're going camping. And I'm like, dude, I'm in. And we did that stuff. But as part of what we did, We began to learn about the gospel. We began to learn about mission work all over the world. Through that process, through going to church, hearing the gospel, I was about nine, ten years old. I really began to sense this conviction that, hey, I'm lost. I need to be saved. And I was scared to death. And me and my two friends, uh, Mike and his brother, would sit together and I'll never forget, like, turning my friends, saying, hey, you know, it was one of these come forward invitations. Hey, if you'll go up, I'll go up. And they're like, we're not going up. And I finally decided I'm going. And I stepped out. Uh, I didn't know until after I came into this room they brought me into that my two friends went forward after I did. But when I was actually, they took me into a room with one of the men in the church. And this is where things got difficult. Uh, as I'm back there in the room, this guy opens the scriptures and he reads, you know, a passage. I told the pastor, hey, I want to be saved." So he gives me this guy. I go back in the room. He reads some scripture verses and he asks me, do you believe this? Well, I'm like, yes, I have no idea what you just read to me. It's God's word. I believe it. Yes, I believe it. And he said, well, as long as you always remember this, you'll be okay. And I'm sitting there in a panic. Well, wait a minute. I'm thinking, I I can't remember what you just read. (laughs) And um, so then he prays, God save Jimmy. Well, when he's praying, I'm just in my heart, God, I have no idea what he read. Forgive me. Save me. You know, I'm coming to you. And so I walked out of the room confused. My two friends who'd gone into the room with another guy who became a staff member of their church clearly presented the gospel to them and they understood and, you know, and and gave their lives to Christ. So I, I really forgot about that, continued to be a part of church, go to church. And, and that's when my wife, future wife, enters the scene. Her dad's called to be a pastor. I'm about 22 years old when I really sent. Really become convicted about my life, the way that I'm living, and, uh, I'm far from God. I'm asking Him, please get me back to where I used to be with you. I don't even know the way back. And so He used my future wife because we're dating. I've got to go. Her dad's preaching. And for about a year, it was the one of, it was the greatest struggle of my life. I'm sensing God calling me to follow Him. And, you know, I'm struggling with I start remembering that moment when I was nine. was I even saved? God, what are you calling me you know to do? Are you calling me the ministry are you am i are you calling me to be saved? and I finally, on a Sunday night, I used to make fun of people that would walk forward and and cry, and I would just to myself laugh, I would never do that. Well, dude, I finally just said lord i'm I'm coming to you, and uh, giving you my life, follow you.' and stepped out and bawled like There's probably not been weeping in that church like I did that night. I mean, it was a little embarrassing for people, I think, but I mean, I was heaving, crying, mm. And, you know, those were my first steps toward following Jesus. And then, you know, sometimes I would struggle with doubt. But God used Charles Wesley, of all people. The dude has been dead. How long? I don't know. But I was reading his testimony. And uh, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith.
2: Mm-hmm. Not
1: at work, so that nobody can boast, it is a gift from God. And as I was reading that, Charles was actually in the ministry, him and his brother both, when mm-hmm. they came to know Christ. And so as I was reading that, because one of my struggles, did I have enough faith? And that, some people may be struggling with that right now. How much faith do you need to be saved? And I was struggling. Did I have enough faith? Because I'm one of these type A overachievers, and God, through this man, helped me to realize, Jimmy, it's not the amount of faith you have, friend. I mean, it's none of it you anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a gift from God. Once you put your faith in Christ and what he's done, death, burial, resurrection, you know, I love what Paul said, you know, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. That means, hey, He's in charge. So when I asked God to forgive me of my sin and I turned to Christ, salvation happened at that point. So it was another high watermark for me, uh realizing it's not the amount of faith that I have. And sometimes I even wonder faith itself was a gift. Just mm-hmm. to be able to believe that. I had nothing to offer, nothing mm-hmm. I could do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but when I simply believed in him. And the scripture talks about this. Uh, you know, Abraham believed God, counted as righteous. All through the scripture, you see this example. And, you know, God saved me. And it's the most incredible thing. It's all him. It's his grace, his love. He did it all. There's nothing I could do to add to that. And my ministry, my serving him, Brett, is out of the overflow of that. I, again, Romans 12. Mm, mm-hmm. In view of everything he's done for me, the most reasonable thing I could do is to offer myself to him as a living sacrifice. And a lot of times, we you know, people think of, you know, well, that's pastoring or that. No, Mm-mm. that's for every child of God. Right. That we get to offer ourselves to him, regardless of what God has shaped or gifted you, called you to do. We're actually, it's Christ in us. As we get up, as we go out, as we do our work, uh, so the kingdom is an amazing thing, uh, and growing every day. The kingdom is expanding as people respond to Christ and say yes to him. That kingdom is getting larger and larger, and not even the gates of hell can prevail against it, which is encouraging news, Brett. Mm-hmm. as we see so much craziness. The body of Jesus is well because it's Christ in us. And is is moving forward. So
0: It's beautiful, Jimmy. And
1: I could yeah, I couldn't talk enough about who he is, what he means to me, his grace. Oh my goodness. His love. You know, the times when I think that he should zap me and just take me out, he reveals to me how much he loves me.
2: Mm -hmm. um,
1: Which motivates me even more, you know, with his help to do whatever he wants, follow him, obey him. So, yeah, that's that's my journey, and it continues, right? It's not a one-time thing, you know, when you—because a lot of times I think people think, well, I, I prayed this prayer, and then they live like the devil the rest of their lives. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, when you get who he is and what he's done, and when he comes to live inside of you, the gratitude from that is such that, man— I want to do what you say. I've got a friend at Highlands, Alan Buchanan. He was an atheist uh, when he started coming to Highlands. And, you know, him and his business partner both became believers. And I love Alan. You know, when people are asking, you know, well, how much can you sin and still be saved? And and Alan's classic example and answer is that, hey, you get to sin as much as you want to. It's true. But when you have Christ in you, you don't want to do that stuff anymore.
0: That's right. That's that's so. We still well said. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. We still come up short. We're not who we're going to be, but we are a long way from who we used to be, and all that is the Lord.
0: Amen. A couple of things I want to highlight from your story, Jimmy, and thank you so much for sharing it. The first thing is you emphasized that it's not the amount of faith you have that saves you. I would I would say to complete that. It's the object of your faith. It's it's the person of your faith. Who are you believing in? Who are you trusting in?
1: Yep, totally. When we put our faith in Christ, that's how God is able to uh, transfer the grace. Salvation is present. it's, It's a dynamic thing.
0: A dynamic thing indeed. God is so good to give us salvation in Jesus Christ. And for our listeners, if you've not trusted Christ, I want to encourage you, after hearing this testimony, to make Jesus Christ the object of your faith. Turn away from your sin, turn to Jesus Christ, cry out to him to save you, and he will save you. He says in his word, if you come to me, I will embrace you. He offers the invitation. So turn from your sin, trust in Christ, and he will change you. And he, just, That's another thing I want to just point out. Jimmy, from your testimony, I love the emphasis you gave and, and the story you told about your friends saying that you can sin as much as you want once you're a believer. It's just you don't yeah. want to anymore. He, right, it, and and I've told our people so many times, you cannot have the God of the universe, who created this vast universe, come live inside of you and not be changed. Right. Yep. Jesus changes lives. And yes, he does. You're evidence of that. I'm evidence of that. So many of our listeners, our testimonies, we're we're trophies of His grace.
1: Yes, we are. Well, part of God's mission and vision for laws, Romans eight just read it this morning that. Sometimes we don't even know how to pray, but God's Spirit is interpreting what we're feeling and interpreting according to his will, uh, what we long for. We can't even put it into words. And he goes on to say that when we come to Christ, God's vision for our lives is to conform us into the image of Jesus. And when you read about Jesus and you come to know who he is, you want to be like him. I mean, there was no one. Of course, he's God in human flesh no one like Jesus. And for us to be fully who God created us to be when he thought us up before the foundation of the world, and then created us, planned out the good things he wanted to do through it. He wants us to be like Christ. And the uniqueness that we all have, our personalities, whatever that is, we're all uniquely made by him. He's conforming us in the image of Jesus. And man, I'm telling you, no better dad, no better mom, no better teenager, children, a CEO, nurse, doctor. I mean, than to be that right there, to be Christ, so that when people, this is my, this is my heart. When people encounter Jimmy, I want people to sense and feel they've encountered Jesus. I want the glory to go to Him, and and God wants to do that through every person listening right now, so that. When someone encounters them, that they've seen Christ. And man, that's attractive.
0: Very attractive. Thank you, Jimmy, for your testimony. I want to invite our listeners to come back for our next episode. Jimmy's going to join us again, and we're going to talk about the Christ life. And we're going to hear his heart and be blessed by uh, hearing more from Jimmy Davidson. Thank you, Jimmy, for coming on. Hey, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amarani 2023.